Thank you for supporting Overcomers Christian Center. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message leaves you feeling empowered and equipped. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Mark chapter 4. Going to be looking at verses 39 and verse 40. The book of Mark chapter 4, verses 39 and verse 40. Reading to you out the New King James Version Bible. It reads as follows. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Again, let's look at this scripture again. Jesus had finished teaching, then extensive extensive teaching to the disciples as well as to the crowd. And he was getting ready, he he had finished his teaching, he's getting ready to go on the other side. And so while he's getting ready to go on the other side, he was tired, so he went to sleep. But the disciples awoke, uh, uh, excuse me, awoke him and says, no, why don't you care that we perish and so forth? And then he responds, then he gets up and then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But something that stood out to me in this particular text, but after he finished doing this, he looked over to his disciples and he asked them a question, a question that we all should consider. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Based on what I've just, everything I've said to you so far, I want to talk to you from this topic. I need my faith to continue to grow. I need my faith to continue to grow. When we look at the word continue, it means to persist in an activity or a process. One of the activities we could, we should always persist or continue in is understanding God's word because it's critical to us according to the scripture. That's why God uses several ways for us to get information as well as insight into his word. Go with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 5. The book of Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 5. It reads as follows, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. So he tells us here that we need to get wisdom. We need to get understanding. And when you get it, don't forget it. Don't ignore it. Don't allow it to slip our attention. And neither turn or decline from the words of my mouth. That's why it's imperative that I believe that we need the Holy Spirit in order not to forget what God is revealing unto us because he consistently leads and guides us into all truth. We must not ignore the necessity of growing in wisdom and understanding from God's word and refuse to allow ourselves to get to a point that we allow distractions to turn our attention away from God. In fact, look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. So this particular text states to us that wisdom is the principal or the essential thing. Therefore, get, in all you're getting, get it. Get understanding. Possess it. And when you possess it, consider it something that is valuable. Something that's valuable, you just don't do anything with it. You want to make sure that what's valuable to you, you're not going to lose it. You're not going to, you're not going to uh, misplace it. You're going to get it, and you're going to remember it. He says, and get understanding. I believe that we have to be careful not to place too much confidence and assurance in our own understanding based on the things we have gained in this life, such as wealth, possessions, position, and power. Remember, nothing goes above God. God is our ultimate source. He's the reason we're here on a Sunday morning. Turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. The book of Proverbs, chapter 3. 
verse 5 and verse 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So see, this particular scripture tells us to trust in the Lord, be confident, be bold, place confidence in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, every way that you go, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Trust in Jesus with all of your heart is going to require something out of you. But let me say this to you, it's well worth what you put into it. And even when things are not going the way you think they ought to go, just remember that you still got to trust God. And it's, I know every day is not going to be a bunch of sunshine and, and so forth. Every now and then you're going to deal with a few storms in your life. But let me say this to you. Even in the storm, you got to trust God. I should have had two or three more amens than that. You, even in the storm, you got to learn how to trust Jesus. Are y'all following that's why the Lord desires for us to get in his word. Go with me to Jeremiah 3 and 15. The book of Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse 15. Learning how to trust in God. With all of our heart, mind, and soul. It, it takes something out of you. It's going to require something. It's going to require some effort. But it's well worth the effort. Jeremiah 3.15 reads as follows. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. The Lord desires for us to have his word in a matter that we gain knowledge and understanding. Understanding is instructions. Understanding is insight, is comprehension, as well as prosperity. One of the ways I like to look at that scripture is this. We see things from God's point of view. We see things from God's point of view. And anything I want to know is what God thinks about the situation. Because my, my thing can be messed up because I, I'm limited in what I see. But God knows everything. He knows the beginning from the beginning. So he knows my, the, what's best for me in that situation that I'm dealing with. That's why we use, uh, he uses pastors and shepherds after his own heart to gain, for us to gain knowledge and insight so our lives can be better. One way he used in this particular text is parables. Excuse me. He uses parables to help explain to us his word. Go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 4 and verse 33. The book of Mark, chapter 4 and verse 33. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. So Mark 4 and 33, and with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. A parable is an example of an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. He spoke it to the crowd. And in fact, you read over in Mark 4 and 34, but, with, but without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. So we see that God used parables or the Lord used parables to speak to the crowd. He spoke to the masses with parables, but when he got alone, he, he began to explain to the disciples what these particular parables meant. So we see here he did not speak to them unless he spoke to the, the group in parables, but when he got alone, he began to sit down with the disciples and he began to teach them so they understood what was happening in that particular parable. And can you imagine uh, Jesus? He's been teaching the group. Let's say he might talk all day long and then came back that evening and then he explained what he had taught to his disciples. And not only did he do it uh, at one day, the way the text reads, he did it for several days. And so I can understand that when he got to the boat and get ready to go to the other side, he went to sleep. He was tired physically. And then, understand something, he'd been doing this, and I imagine he'd been doing it for several days too. He'd been did, and he was just tired physically in his body. Again, we can see how important it is to Jesus that we gain understanding of his word. Because remember, he, did, he took time for his followers to make sure that they understood what he was talking about. 
And that's what he does for us today. We may hear something, but God will come here on a Sunday morning and he'll explain to us, he'll, he'll give us understanding as to what we need to know about a situation and a circumstance. It is called a reveal word. He will say, listen, don't listen to what people are saying out there. You got to listen to what my word says. You got to understand that heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall abide forever. Yeah, I know they're saying one thing on the news and in the media, but what am I saying in this situation? What What is social media saying? It don't matter when it comes to God because God's word is the final authority. And we got to make sure that we're hearing and putting into action what God is saying. And as we read and study and meditate on hearing God's word, we ought to do it at a pace that we allow his word to shape our thinking, our talking, and our actions. we got to be consistent and continuous rate of speed that we're allowing his word to change us to the point that we don't want to go back to the things we used to do. We don't allow his word to change the way that we think, the way that we talk, and the way that we act. It's nothing we're going to do sporadically, but it must be something we do on a consistent basis. And we should see change in our lives. And remember, change doesn't happen on the outside first. It happens on the inside first. And and good understanding of scripture will help us to change and to keep that change. Because you can change, but you may not stay in the place where God wants you to be. And that's why understanding scripture will help you to change and then you'll make a change that's going to be, that's going to last for a while. You're going to love. You're not going to hate anymore. You're not going to be operating in unforgiveness and jealousy and so forth because the word has changed you and you realize it's beneficial for me to stay with that change. Are y'all following me so far? And as we prepare to go deeper into today's text uh, in Mark 4 and 40, before we get there, let's take a little closer at what Mark 4 and 35 and so forth says. On the same day that when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. He was telling them that we need to cross or we need to travel or go to the other side. And as followers of Christ, we have to strive to be so yielded and submitted to Christ that we're ready to follow him regardless of our situation and our circumstances. When he moves, we're ready to move as well. When he moves, we're ready to move as well. I like that about God. And when God is moving, we need to be able to go when he says go. Now, Mark 4 and 36 reads as follows. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And in verse 7, and as they were going, a great windstorm arose and waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. While in the process of them traveling to the other side, you see in this particular case, they experienced a great windstorm. And the winds beat, beat into the boat to the point that it was filling up, filling up with water. And one thing you need to understand about this, at times you're going to deal with ways that come with the storms of life. And it appears to beat against our mind, our will, and our emotions to the point that affects our health, our happiness, and our overall being. Remember, it can be, but we do not want it to affect our minds in a negative manner. See, nothing wrong with water. Water going to come sooner or later. You're going to deal with a storm. A storm don't come all the time, but you're going to learn how to deal with storms. And you can't be fearful when a storm comes up in your life. you got to learn to say, hey, God got this like he had it before. you got to say he's the Lord of the peace as well as the storm. Mm, boy, that's good right there, God. That is good right there. And so we understand, we, listen, we can't stop the storm. In fact, a good rainstorm will help cause things to grow. Mm-mm. Sometimes a good rainstorm will help us to grow as well. Oh, it causes us to grow up, causes us to mature, causes us to, amen, to be all that God has called for us to be. And so understand that it was something that could affect them. Meanwhile, Jesus was on the stern of the boat. And he had went to sleep. And at verse 38, but why? But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. Remember, he had been teaching all day long. He was tired physically. He had been teaching several different parables. You read in the scripture before. And then he went, he was going back and explained to his disciples that night. And then he went to sleep. So remember now, he had been explaining, doing, I imagine he was doing it for several days. He had been teaching during the day. At the night, he was explaining to his disciples. Next day, did it again, explained to his disciples. Next day, did it again, explained to his disciples. And by the time he got on the boat, he got a puller, 
went to sleep. Went to sleep. Went to sleep. Let me say this to you. There's nothing wrong when Jesus go to sleep, y'all. Nothing wrong with Jesus going to sleep. Nothing wrong with him going to sleep. But something happened. See in verse 38. But he was in the stir of sleep and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? The disciples were distressed and anxious about the situation. The storm it came. Water was filling up the boat. Jesus was asleep. And they said, oh God, we can't. Listen, in their mind, we get ready to perish. And say, hold on. The one who can do something about it is asleep on the boat. And they said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Teacher, master, instructor, one who, uh, excuse me, one who is instructs in the things of God. Remember, he had been teaching what, I, in my opinion, had been several days, this constantly teaching the people. They called him teacher. Do you not care? Are you not concerned? Do you not, are you not concerned what is necessary for the health, the welfare, and the maintenance and protection that we don't perish? We don't lose it? Listen, don't, aren't you concerned about that? Now, just a few points. When you look at that text, it would seem that they forgot that Jesus was on the same boat that they were. And that if, if they perish, Jesus might perish as well. They even questioned Jesus if he was concerned about the very, excuse me, the very reason, concerned about them. And the very reason that Jesus came, according to John 10, 10, is that we might have life and have it more abundantly. If anybody's going to make sure your life is better, Jesus is going to make sure it's better. Jesus is concerned about your overall welfare. Somebody said, well, it, where is God during all this? He is protecting his children. Where is God? Where is God at? God has got divine protection going on with his children. Not only is he protected from one disease, he's protected from all the other diseases out there. Because the other disease ain't going nowhere. Y'all know that, right? They ain't going nowhere. And we understand that Jesus is protecting us from them as well. He got divine protection going on out there. And so he came so that we might have life. Now notice this. They call him teacher. But yet, it seemed like they had forgotten some of the very lessons he had taught them. Isn't it amazing how some people forget the very lessons that God has taught them over the years? Oh, yeah, you, you understand that. Remember, they heard it, not only did they hear it at night when he explained it to them, but they heard it during the day. Man, if anybody should have had word, these disciples should have had word. Because remember, they heard, it in, they heard it during the day. They heard it when he explained it to them. Then the next day they heard it again. And then they heard it, he explained it to them. And it's, don't scripture say faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God? My goodness, you, they should have had some faith, y'all. That's, that's what, that's, will you read something like that? Think about this. If Jesus had been teaching you, uh, listen, several hours during the day, several hours at night, then you go to sleep, wake up to the word. Uh, listen, go in the evening to the word. Listen, then again the next day, wake up to the word, go to sleep with the word. My God, you should have some faith in your life. This is the way I think about it. My goodness. I, all they did was hear a word during the day and a word at night. Ooh-wee. Boy, that's that day. Listen, if anybody should have faith, when I'm looking at this, boy, these disciples should have had some faith. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, that they heard during the day. Then he explained it to them at night. Then they asked him the question, God, don't you care that we're about to perish? See, we might be tempted to ask Jesus that same type of questions that Jesus asked his disciples. Do you not care about me? And see, this you need to understand. People think care should be how they think you should care about them. Let me explain that to you a little bit closer. Your definition of care might be where you take care of me the way I define care. Where God is saying, I take care of you the way I know is best for you. Mm-mm-mm. You ever notice that sometimes people get mad at you because they think that you do not care about them because they don't, you don't care about them the way they think you ought to care about them? If you care about me, you'll give me money. If you care about me, you'll give me a car. If you care about me, you'll do this for me or you'll do that for me. Well, really, sometimes my care for you is to tell you no. 
because of your maturity or you're not ready for certain things in your life. You think you are, but my care for you is not to give you something before your time. And Jesus is the same way. He says, my care for you is to let you go through the storm. My care for you is to expose to you what's going on on the inside of you so you can do something about it. My care for you is to let you know you think you got it all together. You think you're doing this, that, and the other, but in reality, you're not where you think you are. And this is what Jesus was trying to expose to the disciples. They've been hearing word all day and in the evening. And let me say this to you. I got it written down somewhere, but I'm going, I feel like I need to say it right now. Let me say this to you. Sooner or later, you will be tested on the word that's been given to you. Sooner or later, you're going to be tested. You can't just get word and word, uh, word and word and word and think that God ain't going to ever test you on the word he's going to give you. Let me say this to you. That goes from the pulpit to the pew. Everybody's going to be tested on the word. I've been tested on the word. My family has been tested on the word. Our church has been tested on the word. Listen, everybody I know has been tested on the word they say they believe, but yet. We've all been tested on the word. Do you really believe God? Are you really operating in faith? Or is something you just, you got, you got words, but your heart is not in it. He's testing us on this word. And and one thing I've learned about this, which we got to be careful not to allow the ways of the storm in life to fill us more than the Holy Spirit in understanding his word. You got to understand something. This storm was trying to get in that boat. And, 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 and listen, and it did a good job with it too, according to the disciple. Don't you care that we perish in God? It's a reason that I'm, I'm waking you up, Jesus. It's a reason I'm waking you up. That's why John 10, 10 is so profound and so important in a situation like this. The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The enemy wants to cause loss and perish in your life. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But for us to have life, we, he may not take the pathway that we think he ought to take. He may not take the pathway that we think he ought to take. With the disciples, he did not take the pathway that the disciples thought he was going to take. He took a different pathway because he knew that disciples had some issues going on in them. He had, they had some issues going on. And sooner or later, you're going to be tested on the word that's in your life. Good understanding of God's word gives assurance that when something or someone enters our life and begin to, they begin to experience destruction, devastation, and loss, it may not be coming from God. That's why we need the all-knowing God in our lives to help us to discern who is in our lives. This is what you got to be careful about. You got to be careful about those who even around you. Think about this for a moment. Judas was around Jesus. Judas, J-U-D-A-S. Judas was actually the treasure of Jesus' ministry. In John 12 and 6, the Bible says this, that he was actually stealing money out of the treasure. And God allowed it. And man, that had been me, it might be a different story. As soon as he would took a penny, that's, that's why God is who he is. That's why you got to have the all-knowing all God. Because, see, you may react one way and God tell you to act another way. Oh, I, listen, if that had been me, it might have been a totally different ball game. But now, Jesus, he knew he was stealing. John recorded he was stealing. But yet, he allowed him to stay in the treasure. I tell you, boy, God knows what he's doing, don't he? That's why you can't measure care by how you think care ought to be done. You can't measure it thinking, well, if God cared to me, I wouldn't be going through this. If God cared for me, I wouldn't be going through that. Sometimes the very fact that God cares for you is the fact that you're going through this, that, and the other. And you know why you're going through it? No, you didn't stay in it, but you're going through it. You're going through it. Somebody say going through it. Ooh-wee. Boy, and sometimes we say, God. If I was your child, I wouldn't be dealing with these financial things. 
If I was your child, I wouldn't be challenging my body when it comes to my health. If I was your child, I wouldn't be dealing with this, that, and the other. But because he cares for us. And those, he let the disciples go through the storm. Hallelujah. Because y'all know. Listen, y'all know who Jesus is. He's all knowing God. Before they got on the boat, he knew a storm was going to hit. Watch this. Before he went to sleep, he knew a storm was going to hit. And he still went to sleep anyway. Let me say this to you. If God goes to sleep in your life, whatever comes up in your life, God knew it before before he went to sleep. He knew about it before he went to sleep. Boy, this good teaching right here, Lord. Help us to grow. Help us to do right by you. So, he may be allowed to go through it. If we go through it, we're going to be better as a result of it. Jesus came so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Storms will come in natural forms such as thunderstorms, hurricanes, etc. They will come in other forms such as sickness and disease, emotional disease, emotional distress, financial hardships, unhealthy relationships. The thing is, don't let the storm get into your spiritual boat. Don't let the storm get into your spiritual boat because it can fill it up and cause it to sink if you ain't careful. Hallelujah. Now, today's text in, in Mark 4 and 39. Let me read, let's read, read it again or follow me as I read it. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And this wind ceased and there was a great calm. So we see here in today's text that he arose out of his sleep and he, he, he re, rebuked the wind. He caused the wind to be admonished, reproved, and I like this. He caused the wind to be adjusted. We need faith in God to the level that we can boldly and with confidence rebuke the winds and the waves of life that try to come and take away our peace, our joy, our hope, our family, and even our wealth. And if we rebuke them and we do not go away, let me say this to you. If you rebuke them and they do not go away immediately, understand what I'm saying? They do not go away immediately in the spirit, in the natural, I should say. Do not allow frustration to set in. Do do not allow doubt to set in. Do not allow unbelief to set in. Don't start questioning God, etc. Because Romans 8 and 28 says this, all things are working together for our good. And let me say this to you, if it happens, so be it. You rebuke the storm and don't go nowhere. Don't get frustrated. Don't get mad with God. Don't be saying, man, this, this Bible thing ain't working. Sometimes we're meant to go through storms. I wish I could tell you that I, I, every storm I rebuked, I, I, it got it left and said, bye-bye. You said go in Jesus' name. I'll see you later. There's some storms we're meant to go through. Just like the disciples were meant to go through this storm. There's some storms we have to go through. And, and then I get, I, get to, I get to the point in just a moment. And, oh, I got a point here I wrote down. This is important. Just because you're going through a storm, don't jump off the boat. Don't jump off the boat. Some people will go through storms and will leave godly protection. They'll leave the place where God is. And they'll think because God, they're going through, they'll jump off the boat. Don't jump off the boat. Ooh-wee. Say to yourself, don't jump off the boat. Don't jump off the boat. In a good marriage, don't jump off the boat. Financial situation, don't leave God ties and over. Don't jump off the boat. Dealing with sickness ain't ain't left in two days. Don't jump off the boat. Don't leave what God is saying to you in your life. Don't get caught up in what naysayers are saying. Don't get caught up with folks that are changing their mind from one day to the next. Don't get caught up with that. Just don't jump off the boat. Stick with God. Stick with God. Stick with what God is speaking in your life. Mark 4 and 39. He continues by saying this. He spoke to the sea and the wind. Peace. Be still. Be silent. Be quiet. Calm. Peace. It says be still. I like that word still. Close the mouth with a muscle. To make speechless. To reduce to silence. 
You know what I what I what I what I read that it let me know that storms talk to people. Storms talk to people. Storms talk to people not in a good manner. How you know, Pastor Dawes? Because somewhere the disciples got in their head that Jesus don't even care for me. Storms will tell you, you ain't going to make it. Storms will tell you, you're going to perish with this storm. We're going to perish. Why are we We're going to be demolished? We're going to lose everything. Storms will talk to you. And that's why Jesus had to close the mouth with a muzzle. He had to make that storm speechless. He had to reduce it to silence. Evidently, that storm was talking to the disciples. That storm was telling them, Jesus, don't you care about us? Where did they get that idea from? The storm must have been talking to the disciples and telling them, you just don't care about me. Sometimes you ain't careful for the very ones that God sent in your life. The enemy will tell you they don't care about you. God will give you a pastors after his own heart that will feed you with knowledge and understanding. But the enemy will put in your head, that pastor don't care about me. Because he won't let me do this. Oh, let, let me talk to my children just for a moment. Sometimes your, your, your parents will tell you no. And you'll be like, they must don't care about me. Because you measure care based on your fault, not on what the parent's best interest is for you. Everybody see that in the text? I want you to understand something. That he's going to be still, he put the mouth on. Not only will we begin to correct and adjust, excuse me, not only will we begin to uh, address and correct and adjust the storm's life, but good understanding of God's word gives us the authority to tell the storms to be still. As we gain understanding of the word, we'll tell that storm to be still. But this is what you need to understand. You may tell it to be still, but they keep on talking to you. Oh, look how y'all looking at me here. Y'all ain't never had a child that talk back to you even though you told them to be quiet. Keep on looking at me funny. I like I don't know what I'm talking about right here. You ain't never had a but don't you know a storm will keep on talking to you even though, now Jesus told it to be still. But yet, it, that storm was talking to the disciples. Now, you got to understand something. When we're in life, when we're living the way we live, we need to understand that God has given us authority. And we tell it to be still. Don't get caught by the fact that it's just talking to you. You walk by faith and not by sight. And sooner or later, that storm is going to cease. Every storm I've seen, it came to a, it's got an ending point to it. It's got a, we had a, uh, I think it was lightning the other night, Friday night, and we had turned the TV off. You know, you, we, we old school. We just sitting there, hallelujah to God. We just sitting in the middle of the dark, hallelujah. Oh, not dark, but it was, it was you know, TV off uh, and so forth. But you know what? That storm had an ending to it. Every storm in your life got an ending to it. I know you're dealing with a, you may be dealing with a storm right now. And there's some storms, and they may come in one area, and they may not be in another area. There may be a storm in your finances, but your health of your body is going wonderful. There may be a, a, a storm in the health of your body, but you got good relationships going on. There may be a storm in this, that, and the other area, but you got to understand, a storm don't hit every area. You need to know what area is in your life that is hidden, and adjust your life accordingly. But I like what he said, though. He said, peace be still. Because with access to the Prince of Peace, according to Isaiah 9 and 6. Let's go to Isaiah 9 and 6, because that's a good scripture. I was just going to read it, but I think we all need to see it. We all need to see Isaiah 9 and verse 6. Or hear it, whatever the case may be. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Listen to the words. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, when you got the Prince of Peace in your life and you tell the storm to be still, they may not come right there, but baby, they're going to be still. The thing you, the thing we got to be careful about is that we don't feed the storm with doubt, 
with unbelief, with negativity, with saying that God can't do it, God can't do this, that, or the other. But I believe that God is a God of his word. And his word cannot return back to him, boy, but it accomplished everything that he said it out to do. I, oh, you say it, God said it, and that settles it. So he says this. In my opinion, we want our faith to be so strong that rather allow trials, tribulations, and problems to put a demand on us. Our peace, our joy, our happiness will be the governing rules, rulers in our life. My, our prayer for one another is to have enough confidence in God's word to put, the, put a demand on them, the enemy, to be silent, to silence the storms in our life, in our minds, our families, our marriages, our businesses, and our children. Storms of oppression, storms of depression, low self-esteem, or self-worth. And we need to understand this too. We said this earlier. Many times we know where the storm is in our life. And that's why we have, we, we have to understand that when God gives us revelation in that area, his word is working on that storm. He's working on that storm. Now, let's go back and see what happens in the latter part of Mark 4 and 39. In, in, in Mark 4 and 39, in the latter part there, it says, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. The wind ceased. It relaxed. It grew weary or tired, and there was a great calm stillness, not showing anger or strong emotions. When we lack understanding of God's word, it will have us relaxing and growing weary. And our faith in God, rather than using our faith to cause the winds and the storms, uh, to bow down to his word. Let me say this to you. We should never agree to a storm that's not designed for us. We should never agree to a storm that is not designed for us. The disciples in an emotional and anxious place, similar to what can happen to us at times. Jesus asked the disciples a question. The ones who called him teacher, which should have showed him, showed them that they, showed them, excuse me, he asked a question so in turn, they could see where they were spiritually. He asked them a question so they could discern or even take a closer look at where they were spiritually. Before they could point fingers at other people, before they could talk about other people, they had to take a closer look at themselves when Jesus asked this question. He says this in verse 40, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? Let me say this to you about the storm in this particular case. The storm did not bring the fear. It exposed the fear. Jesus knew the whole time what they were dealing with. You think, you think a storm came up to bring some new revelation to Jesus? He is the all-knowing God. He knows everything. He knew, he, he knows everything, I should say. I would say he knew everything. He knows everything. He knows everything. See, the storm did not bring the fear. It exposed the fear that they were already dealing with, which was not a surprise to Jesus, but an observation that needed to be made for the sake of the disciples. They need to understand where they was at. You need to understand when truth comes in our life, it can be confrontational. Truth can be confrontational. And you need to understand that the word will be tested in our lives sooner or later. Sooner or later, the word going to be tested in our lives. Sooner or later, God can say, yeah, you believe in giving. Let me test you on your giving. Sooner or later, you say you pray. But let me test you in your prayer life. Sooner or later, you said you, you believe God. I'm going to test the very thing you say you believe. Very thing they have been listened to. Remember, they have been taught during the day, explained to them at night, taught again during the day, explained to them at night, taught again during the day, explained to them at night. Now God is testing them on the word they should have grabbed a hold of. We got to ask ourselves the question. When Jesus said better is here, better is coming, do we still believe the word? When we say we told us all in, in a lot of a lot in 2019, we got to make sure we're thinking, talking, and acting more like Jesus. We got to make sure that this is real in our life. We cannot talk like the world and, and get mad 
when God tests us and calls us on the very thing that he's told his word. The Holy Spirit is there. And, and notice this. It wasn't there to belittle them because we, uh, I'm going to that, get to this point in just a moment. Even when the disciples heard what Jesus said, they did not even respond to it. I was so caught up, and when I was teaching this, I, I for years, I used to say, oh, my God, the disciples said, my God, even the winds and the seas obey it. I got caught up in that. But I never, I'll be honest with you, I never addressed the issue that Jesus asked the disciples. I said, God, help me. Because I'm so busy looking at how the disciples responded, I never looked at the question that Jesus asked his disciples. And let me say this to you. The question that he's asking us this morning. The question. Not to belittle us. But to say, hey, where's your faith at, Dobbs? Where's your faith at, Dobbs? Are you walking around when you leave the church like you're afraid? Are you in your house like you're afraid? Are you doing whatever you do like you're afraid? And it's not to belittle us, but to say, hey, you know you need the word. You need to take heed to what's being written and revealed. And he was dealing with, in fact, you read over in Mark 4 and 41, and they fear exceedingly. It wasn't a normal fear. This is about fear exceedingly. Exceedingly has to do with terror or dread. This is a, a, a listen, they, fear already has Fear already means to be timid, to be afraid, to be terrified or unpleasant, to have a strong emotional emotion caused by an anticipation or awareness of danger. A distressing emotion aroused by the thought of danger or evil. And then they, notice how Jesus put a, we say a lack of faith, but scripture says they had, how is it that you have no faith? No trust, no confidence, no assurance, no belief, no conviction in the written and revealed word of God. You just heard it. You heard teaching after teaching. You heard during the day. You heard it in the evening. You heard it again during the day. You heard it during the evening. Why is it that you act like you never heard what I proclaimed in your life? One of the things I had to look at in my life, I said, God, you know what? Am I acting just like the disciples here? Am I going around saying, hey, God going to do it? But in my heart, I don't believe what he said. Am I saying one thing and doing something different? So you know what I had to do? I had to repent. Now, I thought that the disciples would have said, you know what? God, you're right. We are operating in fear. We are operating in faith. Just like when we, we couldn't pray right, we ask you to teach us how to pray. Lord, help us so that we have faith and not operate in fear. Because one thing, when truth confronts you, it's an opportunity to change. It's an opportunity to change for the better. In fact, you know, Jesus didn't bring it up again after he said it. He didn't let them say what they said, and okay. But you know God didn't forget. You know God knew. You know God said, okay, I got a, I got a plan for them. I got a plan for them. I got to teach them more word. And that's what he did, of course, later on. Now, one, one observation I made. They had the word made flesh, John chapter 1, teaching the word, and Jesus still had to deal with fear in the midst of his followers. This particular phrase or the question that he asked them was not to belittle them, but to show them that they needed the word of God. And one thing I know that we need in the hour that we live in is the word of God. We need the word of God. Because we, as I know the Holy Spirit is dealing with all of our hearts in here, I know what the word, you know, one thing I know. Probably whatever air you're going to be in, you will probably come up lacking just a tad bit. And you need to say, God, you know what? I need for you to help me in this area right here. 
not to belittle us, but to help us and to show us. Because we think, listen, one thing I've learned over the years, if you're dealing with this now, sooner or later you're going to deal with something else that could be similar. And you need to operate in faith and not in doubt and not let fear and unbelief control your life. The disciples were in a position that what Jesus was telling was fear is controlling your emotional state right now. And God says, I need faith to control your emotional state. Because you're getting ready to carry my word. You're getting ready to be the ones that on the day day of Pentecost, you are going to be the ones that share Jesus with people. And so now I need to prepare you to get to that point. I need to prepare you to get to that point. At times, we deal with challenging circumstances. They may cause us to forget the details of God's word and allow the challenges that come as a storm to get the best of us. And we're not careful, but strong will get the best of us. We heard the word, we agreed with the word, but we did not realize that that same word that we heard was going to be needed to cause a situation to cease and be calm. It's like God, it's almost like saying God did not prepare them for the storm they're getting ready to deal with. But you know that God prepared them for the storm that was in they, they ready to deal with in their life. Just like we cannot say that God did not prepare us for what came up, was here in 2020. He prepared us in 2019. We can't say he gave us word after word, message after message. And even when it came to me, I had to say, God, you know what? You did prepare me. Now, when, when it came, did I act like the disciples or am I going to act like a person that has heard the word and applied it in every area of my life. That's why it's imperative that our faith needs to continue to grow. Our faith needs to continue to grow. Why? Because you don't know what storms come in your way. And yeah, listen, Jesus may not be on the, listen, Jesus may not rebuke the storm immediately. So I'm going to let them live this out a little bit. And you know what God is? Because why? According to your faith being under you. We got to make sure our faith is strong. We got to make sure our faith is built up. See, there are unknown territories we're into which cause our natural man to become fearful and to lose faith. And what our spiritual man knows is true under any circumstance, which is God's word. This is my opinion, this particular text. That's why John 14 and 6 Reads as follows. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's why he also said in John 8 and 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. When you follow Jesus, he is the way. You're going to know how to deal with when storms come up in your life, when trials come up in your life, when things that you don't necessarily like come up in your life. You know you're going to get the truth of God's word that's going to make you free. Whom the Son is made free is free indeed. When we get the word and we, listen, there may be some doubt, there may be some unbelief, but that word will drive out the doubt. That word will drive out the unbelief. That word will drive out the fear. And we'll be operating in faith when we deal with every storm that comes up in our lives. Aren't you glad this morning that God has given us word this morning to help us to deal with every storm that rises up in our lives? Lord, the trials may come, the tribulation may come, but God saw it before it came. He knew before he went to sleep that the, what the disciples going to deal with. And so now he said before you deal with Monday, before you deal with Tuesday, before you deal with your finances, before you deal with the health of your body, before you deal with the job, before you deal with that business, God said, I've got a word for you. This too shall pass. We shall overcome. We shall be victorious. We shall win and not live. We shall be the head and not the tail above all and not beneath. We will win. We will conquer. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Because you see, one of the things Jesus was telling his disciples, he said, if you got the word, it'll drive out that fear. That's why he said, hold on. I just gave y'all the word. Why are you so fearful? Why? 
I've been teaching y'all. Now, I can understand the person in the world acting like this, but you're children of the Most High God. You're going to overcome this thing. That's why I believe God's telling us in the sanctuary. I want your faith to grow because what you're dealing with out there is real, but God is greater. Notice what he says. Greater is he that is in who? Greater is, who, greater is he that's in who? That he who is in the what? That goes for everything out there. God is greater than that. That's why I need my faith to continue to grow, to deal with life and its circumstance. I need my faith to increase. I need my faith to multiply. I need my faith to expand. See, when you put God's instructions and his word into actions, you, won't, you will not be timid. You won't be terrified. You won't have strong emotions out of the will of God. They will no longer control your life. As the omniscient God continue to guide us in all truth, truth going to confront us, yeah. And we're going to mature because this time when God says something, we ain't going to be, whoo, we're going to say, God, you know what? You're right. Help me in my area that I need to grow in. Isn't it good to know that God loves you enough to confront you? What if God saw you going, going look, he, see, you know you're about to, about to walk off the edge right here, but he won't say nothing to you. He don't say not a word to you. All right. I know I know they said, no, God will warn you. And you know what's good about God? Even when you fall off, he'll still help you back, get back up. Thank y'all for the five. Amen. For that. The rest of y'all ain't, ain't never fell off nothing. But the rest of us who fell off, we thank God that he got us back up again. Woo! Appreciate you, Jesus, for getting us back up. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for getting us back up. 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that God may us prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.